We're starting a brand new series. It's called The Gift of Worship. We're going to be talking about worship today. Come on, who loves the presence of God? Come on. I know, t- I know this house is a house that, that, that puts value on the presence of God. Amen? We love your presence, Lord. Um, and I'm just so excited to get to uh, preach and teach today. We're going to be in the Old Testament. I want to kind of give us a foundation, um, and then we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we'll come back to it. Sound good? Okay, I want to go to a story. It's found in 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I love this story. If you've never heard this story before, you're going to be like, you're going to be so blessed by this story, okay? But it's a pretty popular story. So let's read it. Read it with me. This is what 2 Chronicles says. It says, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and we'll call him, we'll call him J-Fat today, okay? With a, with a PH though. He's, he's fat with a PH. You guys good? Okay, we're going to have some fun. Okay, it's you don't have to be so stoic. All right, here we go. He, he said, uh, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Somebody say amen. It's good. That's good preaching. We can go home right now. It's all we needed. Okay. Tomorrow, march down against them. And they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of J. Rule. Depends on how you want to say that. J. Rule, thank you. <laughs> I made that joke to our youth and they just stared at me. And I was like, I am getting old. Okay. Um, anyways, you will not have to fight this battle. I want to speak that over to you today. Come on. You will not have to fight this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. But take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat, he bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, they fell down and worshiped before the Lord. So beautiful. Then some of the Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites, saying that right, stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, listen, have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, I know this is long, but stay with me. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for his splendor and his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying this, here it is, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And I love this right here, right here. This is, this, I want you to get this. As they began to sing and praise. Somebody say, as they began to sing and praise. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir and who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Mount Seir, they helped destroy one another. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah. If you're getting, like, can you imagine you get in a fight with three guys? And instead of, instead of putting your dukes up, you just start singing praise to God. Yeah. And they start beating each other up. <laughs> and you're like, I'm just going to sit back and watch. This is awesome. Because this fight is not mine. It's the Lord's. Come on, somebody. I came, to, I came to speak a word to you today. I know we're going to talk about worship, but I, I feel like so many needs that in their spirit. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what circumstances in front of you, but you need to, you need to walk out uh, uh, this, of this building today with a firm foundation. Come on, the battle 
is not yours. It's the Lord's. It does not belong to you. It belongs to God. Amen? Pray with me this morning. We'll jump in. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for um, just, just the, the gathering of your people, God. It's so beautiful when we get to get together, God, and we get to worship in your presence. But what, God, we get to open up your word and we get to get a, a, another glimpse of who you are, of what you're doing. God, I just thank you right now. You're already defeating the enemy. God, there's lies that are going to be removed today. God, there's going to be truth that's put in place. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're already moving in this place. But Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just continue to move. Just pray, God, we would not quench the Spirit this morning. But we just ask you to have your way. Holy Spirit, we don't want to quench your Spirit. We want to open up to everything you have for us. So God, I ask that you just soften our hearts open our ears. And I thank you, God, as we leave this place today, we're going to leave here with something maybe we didn't even have. God, because we had an encounter with you. Just pray you'd make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. And Holy Spirit, help me communicate this message. We love you, Jesus. Give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. All God's people said amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, you got to wake up. You got to wake up. I want to, I want to make it really clear. Um, I want you to know that I know that worship, we're going to talk about worship Worship is a lifestyle. I got more amens in the second than I got in the first. Okay, so we're already doing good. Worship is a lifestyle, okay? Worship is not just something that we do. Worship is something we are. It's who we are. Listen to me. You and I, we were created to worship God. We were literally created to worship God. And worship is a lifestyle. See, whether you believe it or not, we're all worshiping something. The question is, where is your attention going? Where is your affection going? Where is your awe going? We're all worshiping something because we were created to worship. See, worship's a lifestyle. However, today, I, I don't want to spend time talking about how worship's a lifestyle. I actually want to hone in on specifically the act of worship. Like opening your mouth and singing that as the people of God, come on, we open our mouth, we use our voices, and we sing harmonies, melodies, songs to give glory to God, Right? I want to talk about the practice of worship. The practice of worship is very powerful. There's power in our worship. There's power in our song. There's power in our voices, especially as we come together in unity as the body of Christ, as the church, and we begin to sing praise to God. I want to show you how there's power in it. There's power. So I love Wayne Grudem, theologian. He says this about worship. He defines worship, but he says, worship is the activity of glorifying God in his presence with our voice and our heart. I tell you, worship is not like a new thing. It hasn't come about in the last like hundred years. Worship isn't this thing that we just do at church so that we can have an emotional experience and get goosebumps and go, oh, I feel God now. No, no, no. Worship's been around since the beginning of the church. Listen, we are a singing faith. Generation after generation has used songs and, and melodies and harmonies to bring glory to God. We are a singing faith. It's part of our heritage. You can go all the way back to the beginning, and what you'll find is men and women, they sing to give God glory. Look what Paul says in, to the church in Colossae. He writes to the church in Colossae. Colossians 3, he says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Listen, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, somebody say, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Paul says this to the church in Colossae, but he also says this in the church in Ephesians. Do you remember Ephesians 5? He says, don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And he goes on and he says, I want you to get together. I want you to sing songs. I want you to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is a part of our heritage. This is a part of our faith. We are a singing people. We're a singing people. And Paul makes it really clear that worship's a lifestyle, that whatever I do, I do it to the glory of God. I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich later. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Right? I'm going to dunk on somebody later. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. That's for you, Lord. Right? Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pray for somebody for the glory of God. Right? Whatever you do, it doesn't matter. You're going to go to work tomorrow. Do it for the glory of God. You're going to love your wife. You're going to love your kids. Come on. You're going to tell somebody about Jesus. Do it for the glory of God. He says, whatever you do, worship is a lifestyle but he also specifically tells us that worship is this thing that we do when we get together or we even on our own. We use our voice and we use harmony and melody to bring God glory. We sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I love this because when you go back and you study church history, when you study the people of God, you see that all the way from the beginning, God called the church with the sole purpose to worship. You go back to the book of Exodus and God's people have been enslaved to Egypt for 400 years. And God calls a man named Moses. And he says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to go to Egypt. And I want you to let him know to let my people go. Have you seen The Prince of Egypt? Best, best movie ever made. <laughs> it's amazing. Prince of Egypt. It's a joke, people. Come on. Tough crowd. Okay. Um, he, this is, this is going to be fun. He, uh, so Moses, he goes to Pharaoh. He goes to Egypt with God's words, with God's report. And he says, he says this in Exodus 7, 16. This is so cool. He says, let my people go so... Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. Notice that God doesn't just say, let my people go. I want them to be free. Yes, God wants us to be free, but there's a so attached to it. He says, let my people go so they may worship me in the wilderness. See, the first picture of, that we get of like a church is found in the Old Testament. It's this thing called the tabernacle. It's this like it, it was this place, it was this, this, this yeah, like a tent, like a fortress-like structure, but the Hebrew people, they got out of Egypt and in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. But God said, in the wilderness, every time you set up camp, I want you to set up a tabernacle. And there in the tabernacle will be the, the holiest of holies, the, the Ark of the Covenant. It's where my presence will dwell. And all the Hebrew people, it's so cool, they would surround the tabernacle. All the tribes they would surround the tabernacle, and it was a picture, a gesture of a, of a nation saying, our entire nation will be centered and surrounded by the person and the presence of God. Come on, somebody, that is our heritage. That is the church of Jesus Christ, that still today, 2,000 years later, we are centered and surrounded by the person and presence of God. It's good. See, but I want you to notice that the whole reason that God brought his people out of Egypt was so that he could bring them into a place to worship him freely. Can I say it like this? God wants to bring you out in order to bring you in. God wants to bring you out in order to bring you in. He brought them out of bondage in order to bring them into his presence. See, this is what we think, oh, he just did that thousands of years ago. No, he's still doing this today, church. Come on. He wants to bring you out of anxiety so he can bring you into peace. He wants to bring you out of depression so he can bring you into joy. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? He wants to bring you out of fear so he can bring you into faith. He wants to bring you out of a job and into a calling. He wants to bring you out of isolation and into community. He brings us out of death and into life. Come on. 
He brings you out so he can bring you in. There's a purpose attached to the freedom of God. He doesn't just say, okay, you're free now, go do what you want. No, he says, I'm going to free you and I'm going to push you into something that you can't even imagine. I'm going to push you into a freedom that you didn't even know existed when you have a real encounter with God and you're saying, I'm free to worship. That's real freedom. Real freedom, church, is not I do what I want, when I want, how I want. No, no, real freedom is when I'm under the authority of God and I'm living a life that is full. It's a life of abundance. It's a life of peace. It's a life of joy. It's a life full of love. It's a life full of contentment and wholeness. And and I got purpose. Listen to me. That's freedom. Freedom. He he wants to bring us out to bring us in. Are you with me today, church? Come on. I I think before we move any any, any further, we need to know this. If we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, please hear me. If we do not worship, we are not who we say we are. The church is called to worship God. Can I, t- can I say it this way? The church's primary function, the church's primary mission is to worship God. We have a lot of missions. We have a lot of functions. We do a lot of things. But above everything, our call is to worship God, to bring him glory. Somebody say amen all glory to God. So I just, for the rest of our time, I just, can I just be really simple today? Yeah, can I be practical? And we'll get out of here and you can go eat that turkey sandwich for the glory of God. Maybe it's a pepperoni pizza. Yes, Lord. I don't know. I'm just having fun, guys. I just, I just want to answer this simple question. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? See, we could answer how, and I could say, well, you got to lift your hands and you, you, know, you do a little dance, you know. Make a little praise. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, okay. Um, but I want to answer why, because how is, I said this in the first, how is good, but why is gooder, okay? Right? Because you can know how to worship. You can know how to worship, but if you don't know why, I don't care how good the music is. I don't care how well you throw your hands up. I don't care how well you dance. If you don't know why, when tough times hit, you will stop worshiping. We need to know why. Why is firm? Why puts us on a, a firm foundation? I know why I'm worshiping. I know, I know who God has called me to be. I know who I am and whose I am. And I know why I worship. So many reasons I could give you. So many reasons. So many biblical reasons. I, just, I wrote down a few. But why do we worship? Well, when we worship we delight in God. And how many know when we delight in God, God delights in us? I think this is so important. I think it's so important because there's, there's a lot of people that think that God, like, he's into a certain sound. No, no, no. God's not into a certain sound. He's into your sound. God, people think, like, God's into, like, genres or, like, styles of music. No, no, no. He's into you. He's into your voice. You're like, I don't sing well. He loves your voice. He loves your voice. I don't care if you're into hip-hop I don't care if you're into country, although I'll pray for you later. I don't care. Sorry. I don't care if it's Hillsong or Elevation or Maverick City or if you're like, I I like it old school, DC talk. Come on, somebody. Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Carmen, anybody? I don't know. We grew up in church. It's good. It doesn't matter the style. It doesn't matter the sound. Can I tell you what matters? The intention of the heart. Because God says, I'm not after a people of body language and lip service. I'm after hearts. I'm after heart transformation. I'm not after outward appearance. I'm, I'm after inward transformation. God wants your heart. 
And I think a lot of us, we have, we have missed out on giving God the glory He deserves because we have belittled our own voice so much. I hear people all the time, oh, I don't sing very well, so uh. You know who loves your voice? God. Listen, you might be flat, you might be sharp, you might be out of tune. The people around you might be like, hey, can you like quiet down? But I'll tell you what, no matter what, no matter where, no matter when, God is in love with your voice. He loves when you sing. He loves when you sing. What's another reason? Another reason is because, well, when we, when we worship, we draw close to God. And the Bible says when we draw close to God, guess what happens? God draws close to us. See, I love this, I, this picture because in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the, the presence of God, it was in one place. It was in the tabernacle. It was in, it was in the tent. It was in, it was in the, the, the holiest of holies, and only one person could go in. But now today we live in a new covenant. We live in a new grace. Thanks to the blood of Jesus. Come on. Thanks to the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. His presence is everywhere. Come on. His spirit's on the inside of us. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what time it is. You can step into the presence of God. And we're thankful for that. Come on. But how many, how many of us, we have, got, we have grown familiar with the presence of God. When the presence of God used to be a sacred place. The presence of God used to be a holy place. Oh, friend, but we have become so familiar with the presence of God. Oh, we're just singing another song in church. No, no, no. God is here. His spirit is among us. Some people, they're like, I got to take my shoes off. I know I've never done that because I don't want to make the people around me upset. I want to keep their noses nice. But like, like, come on, you're stepping into holy ground. You're stepping into a sacred place. And guess what happened? Guess what God, God said? When you draw near to me, guess what? I get even closer to you. Why do we worship? Because when we worship, we magnify the Lord. Oh, the psalmist, I love the psalms, some of my favorite psalms. Magnify the Lord with me, exalt his holy name. I love this idea. I know it's really simple, but when you put something under a magnifying glass, what happens? It expands the image of what you're looking at. You see it in a closer and more intimate way. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. Come on, worship's got the ability to magnify the image of the Lord in our hearts and in our mind. It has the ability to expand his greatness, to expand his faithfulness, to expand, not that we're making him better, but that we're becoming more aware of it. Our, our hearts are, 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 are seeing Jesus like we've never seen him before. Come on, we're seeing God in a more close, intimate way than we ever have before. We'll magnify the Lord. Come on, we get into worship. We get together, we sing songs. What do we do? We're magnifying the Lord. Seen him like we'd never seen him before. Oh God. You with me today, church? If I could just spend time on one, if I could just spend on time on one reason though, because I just sensed that maybe there were some people in here, maybe you've lost your why. Maybe it's been a while since you've known why you worship God. Or maybe your why is because you're like, because that's what we do at church. But how many know this is not just a Sunday thing, this is an everyday thing. If your why only exists on Sunday, I'm afraid you've got the wrong why. We need the right why. Why do we, why do we worship? If I could just give you one, honestly, it's because worship is an act of war. Can I tell you, worship is how we fight. Worship is how we fight in the spiritual realm. I think, again, I think we've lost sight of this. We think we're just singing songs in the air. This is what we do at church. No, 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 no. We're, we're waging war. There's an unseen realm. We're waging war in the spirit. Next month, Lisa and I are going to celebrate nine years of marriage. 
It's awesome. It's great. Thank you. I'm, I'm awesome. Um, I, I remember early on in marriage, though, we, like, I, I took on the weight and responsibility to uh, protect and serve my wife um, a little too strongly. Anybody with me? Like, men, come on. You're like, come on, this is my wife, right? This is my wife. Like, you get a little aggressive about it. Like, I was, like, aggressive about it, okay? Like, I still... I have issues, but like, pray for me. Okay. But like, like I will be out and about wherever we are. And I'll just like get suspicious of people. I'm like, are you looking in our general direction? Like this, this is my wife guy. Okay. I, I made vows to this woman. I will lay down my life. And he's like, I'm just looking at the menu, bro. Like calm down. It's like, it's an over-exaggeration. But I just, I, I'm aggressive. We were in Mexico on vacation and we were in the pool and I'm like, babe, that guy's looking at me. She's like, no, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's got a problem. Like, isn't this guy a pastor? I don't, it's just, it, I'm sorry, I struggle. <laughs> I was like, I was like, he's struggling. He's, he's looking at me. And he, he's asleep, dude. Like, he was asleep. He's asleep. Like, like, I just got issues, man. But like, I love, I love to protect my wife, okay? It's just part of my calling. It's part of my, it's part of my vows. I made vows, people, okay? But one of my callings in life no matter what, for the rest of my life, I am called to protect my wife from mice, right? And she's going to plug her ears. So this is a, please don't come to my wife after the service and tell her your mice story. She doesn't want to know, okay? She, she quivers at the, at the sound of mice, okay? Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> you want to go? You want to leave? Okay. Um, I'll never forget, um, like, I, I am such a good husband. It's, 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 it's kind of like... Calm down, okay? I know you're gonna like be like, yes, you are. No, like, I'm an amazing husband. There are families of mice that I've taken out. She doesn't even know about. Okay, there are like cousins I've taken out. Okay, I have taken out many, many mice, and I have I have saved her from all the details. Like one time, I walked into our garage, and there was the biggest mouse I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure it was a rat, and it was hanging out with four turtles. They were doing karate. <laughs> it's a true story. No, I'm kidding. It's not a true story. That, I talked to my wife after her first service. She's like, I didn't even know you were talking about that. I was like, okay. I have a, it's not a big deal. It's, it's just part of my calling, you know. But um, early on in our marriage, I'll never forget because she still mocks me about this story. Uh, she still makes fun of me. Um, but I want to remind you, I protect you, okay? So... But I, I will say, we have a cat now. It's an outdoor cat, and I have not had a mouse in the house in over a year. Moral of the story, get yourself a cat. We pulled up to the house the other day, and there was, like, there was a mouse on our front porch. And Lisa goes, a mouse! And I go, wait here, babe. Right? So I put the car in park. <laughs> like, slam the door, and I walk out, and I'm like, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Start calling the cat. Do your job, cat! There's a mouse over here. This is the best cat ever. He eats squirrels and birds and all the mice. It's awesome. Anyways, but early on in our marriage, we didn't have a cat. And there, you ever been in one of those scenarios where the mouse is like running back and forth and you have like a short like window of time to get this thing? Anybody? Like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's stressful. And my wife's freaking out. She's like, there's a mouse. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? It's running back and forth. And I'm like, I grab a broom, okay? It's the only thing that I had. But, and, and so this mouse comes out, and I'm like, I, I pin it up against the wall, okay? And if you're like, 
don't call Peter on me, okay? But like, I pin it up against the wall, and I'm like, give me the dustpan. She gets me the dustpan. I scoop it up, and I'm like, she's like, what are you going to do now? I was like, I'm going to open a door. So she like opens the door, and I run out into the middle. And this is like in the middle of the night. I'm pretty sure I only have shorts on. And like, we're in the middle of town. And I'm like, something dawns on me. If I release this mouse, it's probably going to get back in my house. You know how mice are, right? And so I'm like, sorry, mouse. I got to do it. Sorry. So my wife watches in terror as I begin to wail on the mouse with the broom in the middle of the road. Just, <laughs> right? <I was> like, <laughs> like, who is this guy? Um, it's all I had, you know what I mean? I was thinking, that, like, it's also like the duty of the husband, right? To, 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 if there's a noise in the middle of the night, you got to get up and you got to check the house, right? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to fight, you know? It's like, but like, I, I imagine, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to grab a broom in the middle of the night to protect my house, right? Come on, how many know there's better weapons than a broom to protect your house with? And I hope you know today. You're like, why are you telling us that? Because we're just having fun, okay? But like, I, I just, I want you to know today, come on, there is, there is an assignment against your life. Come on, we have an enemy. There's an assignment against your life, and he consistently comes, and he comes and terrorizes you. But I hope you know, church, that we don't just have to play defense all the time. No, we can actually learn to play offense. We can use a better weapon than a broom. We can begin to wage war in the heavenlies. We can begin to wage war in the spirit. Is anybody with me today? Come on, we got this thing called worship, and it's a weapon. That's the strongest weapon we got. We have an enemy. And he has an assignment on your life. And you don't have to grab a broom. (laughs) You can grab worship. Can I give you two truths today? And then we'll we'll come back to Jehoshaphat and then we'll be done. Two truths today. Truth number one, Jesus is full of truth. Truth number two, the devil is full of lies. The devil is full of lies. I think we know this, but how often do we forget it? The devil, he will come and he will knock on your door and he will lie to you because that's who he is. He's a liar. So what Jesus says about the devil in eight, John 8, 44. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Come on, what, what's the devil's native language? It's not English, it's not Spanish, it's not, not Norwegian. No, it's lies. It's lies. That's what he does. It's who he is. He comes and he lies in his goal. He, he starts out with something really small and his entire goal is to get you to believe a lie. Over and over he will come and guess what? He, he, he knows you. He studied you. He knows your tendencies. He knows your temptations. He knows your weaknesses and he will come with something really small. Listen to me. He, he will lie to me in a different way that he lies to you because we are not the same person. Just being transparent today, he will lie to me in the form of insecurity. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You don't belong in this position. You you don't know what you're doing. He'll lie to me in a different way he lies to you. He'll come and he consistently comes in his goal. He'll just start with something really small. And we start to believe the lie of the enemy. Because when he comes over and over and over again, when we we just get the thing over and over, you you know, sometimes it's not about getting the truth. It's, It's about consistency. What are you getting over and over and over again? If, if you're telling yourself over and over again, I am this, I am that, I am, and it's, it's, it, if you give yourself that more than you give yourself the truth, how many are you going to start to believe the lie? Here's the great thing about lies, is lies don't have any power until you believe in them. Lies have no power on your life until you put your belief in that lie. 
Like, like if, we, if, we, if, if I was like, hey, let's go get dinner. There's this new restaurant, and it's going to be awesome. And you're like, oh, I've never been there. I'd be like, okay, let me give you directions, but I just want to mess with you, so I'm going to give you the wrong directions because it's funny. I don't know. And, I, and, then you, and how, how many know you, doesn't matter how well you follow those directions, you're not going to make it to the restaurant. Stephen, I follow the directions you gave me. I know, but I gave you the wrong directions. Gotcha. Ha <laughs> ha. It's not very funny, Stephen. I know, but I gotcha. <laughs> but this is what the devil does. He, he lies to us. And when we believe his lies, we end up in places that we did not intend to go. We end up in places that we didn't really want to be in. How did I get here? How did things get like this? How did I get to this place? You believed a lie. Because the devil's full of lies. And he's coming, but oh, friend, I got good news for you today. When the devil comes and he lies to you, guess what? You don't have to believe it. You don't even have to listen to it. Instead, you can turn and begin to sing songs to God. You can begin to lift your voice. You begin to lift your hands. You can begin to use your spiritual weapon known as worship. And when you do that, God silences the voice of the enemy. He silences the lies of the enemy. That's what he does. (laughs) Come on, truth number two. Jesus is full of truth. Jesus is full of truth. Somebody say amen. Amen. So when the devil, he comes and he lies to us and we begin to worship, come on, the voice of Jesus begins to be heightened in our life. So important we understand this today. When we worship Jesus, we're not adding to Jesus. You don't add to his glory. You don't add to his strength. You don't add to his, his power. No, you can't add to God. God is God all by himself. Like God, the reason we worship is not to remind God of who he is. Like God does not have an identity crisis every Sunday and so that's why we get together to sing and remind him. He's like, oh no, I forgot who I was. I hope they get together and tell me who I am. No, 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 God knows who he is. Come on, God doesn't forget who he is. He doesn't forget his character. He doesn't forget his commitments. He doesn't forget his promises over your life. He doesn't forget his faithfulness for you. He doesn't forget his goodness. Come on, he doesn't forget who he is. He's God all by himself. And Jesus, he speaks truth and only truth. He says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God, the one who breathes stars into existence, he looks at you and he whispers in your ear, you you are my masterpiece. You're my greatest creation. All the days of your life, ordained and numbered before they were they were written in his book before one of them came to be come on did you know you're not an accident you were born on purpose for a purpose the bible tells us that before you were born god he set out a destiny for your life he knew you he knew when you were coming to be he he planned you you're not an accident i don't know who needs to hear that today your life was made on purpose for a purpose. Holy Spirit will come and whisper in our ear, you're loved. You're chosen, not forsaken. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're holy. You're righteous in my sight. You're a child of God. Come on, we need truth. We need truth. All week we spend here in lies. It's not just lies from the enemy, it's lies from ourselves. It's not just lies from ourselves, it's lies from, from the world. 
social media, for all the stuff that we're just constantly. And we wonder why we're in a place where, and we wonder why we believe the things we believe. We wonder why we deal with the things we deal with because we don't get the truth. But friend, I came to tell you that worship has the ability to lower and silence the voice of the enemy, to remove the lies of the enemy, and to replace them with the truth of God's word. Because God gave us his word, and we're singing his word. We're singing it over ourselves. Jesus, he whispers in here, but if I'm being honest today, so often when Jesus whispers truth in my ear, I just don't believe it. Yeah, that's great. That's great, preacher. That's a good worship song. Cool. Oh, yeah, good, good, good Bible verse. I thought that used to just be me until I saw it in John 8 45. Jesus says, Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. We need something to counteract the lies. We need something to break the wall that has blocked the truth of God. I even just feel in the spiritual, there's been a wall that's been built up over our hearts. There's been a wall. There's been something that shut our ears off to the truth. Jesus says, I tell the truth. Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit saying, I want to break through that wall. I want to break through those lies. I want to break through those patterns. I want to break through those thoughts. Come on, let them in today. Let the Holy Spirit lead your life. You get a truth, say, yes, God, I believe you. I'm going to turn all this into praise. I'm going to turn everything I got into praise. I'm going to turn everything I got into a song if I have to. I'm going to turn everything I got into worship if I have to. I'm going to stand firm on this weapon that I got in the heavenlies, this weapon I got in the spirit, and I'm going to worship you, Jesus. I'm going to give you glory, glory you deserve, glory that you earn, God. God, we give you glory because you're worthy. You're so worthy, God. He's so worthy. Jehoshaphat, I love this story so much. We're almost done, I promise. Woo, Jehoshaphat, he was a, he was a good king. He, he was 36, he ruled for 25 years. He followed his father Asa. I love it, he comes into the temple and he restores the temple. He gets rid of idols, he gets rid of idolatry. He, he, he makes much of the name of God. He's a, he's a young pastor, but one day the enemy comes and knocks on Jehoshaphat's door. And this is not a spiritual enemy, it's a physical enemy. Three enemies to be precise. They wanted to destroy him. And Jehoshaphat's overwhelmed. Anybody ever been overwhelmed before? Okay, cool, we're all on the same page. Listen to the prayer of Jehoshaphat, it's so powerful. Second Chronicles 20, 12, he says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Oh, listen to this next line. I love this. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is like 80% of my prayer life. <laughs> God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. God, I don't know what to say, but my eyes are on you. God, I don't know where to go, but my eyes are on you. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know how to face what's in front of me. Oh, but my eyes are on you. And God says, that's great because I'll fight your battles for you. If you just keep your eyes on me, I'll be the one that protects you. I'll be the one that raises a sword. I'll be the one that raises a spear and I will fight your battles for you. All you gotta do is stay still, stand firm. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Do not be stressed. 
for the battle is not yours, it's God's. Jehoshaphat, he says, I want you guys to just go out and these three enemies, I just want you to start singing to God. They start singing to God and the enemies, they start fighting each other. They destroy each other. They came to destroy Jehoshaphat, but because of the power of worship, they ended up destroying each other. God wants to take everything that you're facing. God wants to take the enemies in your life. God wants to take the giants in your life and he wants to confuse them and turn them against each other. Come on, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around and use it for good. Come on, what was coming against you, God's gonna take that same thing and he's gonna put it in your hand and you're gonna use it to destroy the enemy. Come on, God is confusing our enemies this morning. He's turning them against each other and he's fighting for us. He's fighting for us. He's fighting for us. Come on, you might not feel like you have much today. You might not feel very strong today. You might not feel like you have a plan today. You might not feel like you have a direction or, or, or know what's next. But come on, can I tell you what you do have? You've got a song. You've got your voice. You've got worship. You've got the ability to surrender once again and let God fight your battles for you. I'm done. I'm done. But I started thinking about what was this? What were they singing that day? singing because I want to sing whatever they were singing <laughs> it must have been a good song must have had a really awesome chorus or like just the, the bridge must have slapped I don't know the drummer must have been really awesome maybe it was was it Waymaker come on was it do it again I'm sure it was from elevation if it was anything I don't know no can I tell you it wasn't a it wasn't about the style or the popularity of the song, but we do know two lines from this song. And I just think, I just think these two lines should show up in all of our worship songs, in all of our worship songs. Line one, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, come on. I could, we could do a whole series on, on gratitude, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Come on, give thanks to the Lord. How many things do we go through in life that we don't even just stop and thank God for? So many things. Lisa and I are in a season where we're just, we're just choosing to start to see things in a different way. Hey, hey, maybe instead of complaining, we'll just start thanking. Maybe instead of seeing this as a negative, we're going to see it as a positive. Maybe we're just going to start to declare, hey, maybe this is God. I'm like, how is this God? And she's like, I don't know, but maybe it is God. I'm like, okay. It's all I got sometimes. God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, so I'm going to choose to be thankful. Come on, I think if we would stop for a moment and we just started thinking about all the things that Jesus has done in our life, we would never stop singing. He's so good. He's so faithful. Line one, give thanks to the Lord. Line two, his love endures forever. Oh, his love endures forever. I think some of the best worship songs we sing are the ones about God's love for me, not my love for him. I don't know about you, but I don't got time to sit in his presence and try to give myself glory for how devoted I am to God, for how much I love God. What a joke. All I got, all I got, honestly, I want to get into his presence and give him all the glory he deserves for his love for me, for his grace towards me, for his mercy on my life. Come on, for his nearness, for his blood, for his spirit living on the inside of me. Because worship's not about me. Like Stephen, I don't like the songs we do. It's not about us. It's about him. That's what it's about. It's about him.